Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to live edition of Way In Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarvin, tonight. Trey Patterson will not be with me. He'll be missed. Uh, Cuervo will be the co-host of tonight's show when he gets in. Just want to welcome everyone and thank everyone for joining us live tonight. Big show in store tonight. A lot to cover in just a short period of time. College football. Pretty big weekend out there. It's not... It's not as big as a lot of people think, but it's it's going to be big. Some shakeup could happen, and the picture could be clearer for what's going to happen at the end of the season. Florida State, Miami, we will preview this game. We'll also be looking at some NFL matchups on slate for this weekend. And, guys, I don't know if you know, but the World Series is on tonight, game six in Boston. Tell me, is it just me, or is it, is it hard to focus on baseball right now? Are you in the chat room, Paul? Uh, Jason, let me know. Is it is it hard right now to focus on baseball when you have all this football going on? The NBA started tonight, or last night, actually. What a week. We'll talk about that. Just a lot of sports going on. It just seems like baseball. The only people that care right now are St. Louis and Boston fans. I don't know. I mean, I'm a Braves fan, and when we lost, I, I kind of quit following baseball for a little while. Burned out after a long season. But, hey, we're here live tonight, so that's really all that matters. My dog is upset because I have him in a cage right now, and he wants to get out and play. So he's going to have to wait a few minutes while we talk some sports. And, again, thanks for coming in. Cuervo will be in shortly. And, guys, I don't know if you guys heard or not, but Polini, Carl Polini, the coach of Florida Atlantic, I mean, it just concerns me as the leadership of America today of kids. Carl Pelini, the head coach of Florida Atlantic, and no, it's not Bo Pelini, the the idiot at Nebraska. Carl Pelini resigns today from Florida Atlantic because he used marijuana at a party, from what is being reported with other students. And how in the world could a head coach of a football team go out and and smoke marijuana? with the guys and just chill out. What kind of leadership and example are you setting for these kids? I mean, this is something absurd. I mean, when I see stories like this, I just wonder about the where we're heading as a country and the leaders we put in place. Look, you can look at Bo Pelini in Nebraska. He's a head case. He's a nut. And now his brother coaching a team. He can't win a football game. And granted, it is Florida Atlanta, guys. Nothing, nothing, I'm not saying nothing bad about their university, but come on. You hire a man that would go to a party with kids and smoke marijuana. So you're telling me the background check you did on this cat, nothing showed up, nothing questionable. 
That's my problem. Let me know in the chat room if you could hear me good. Testing one, two, three. Call in number tonight, 646-716-5564. I'm just getting settled in, so I'm a little scattered for a moment or two, so just bear with me. Let me get going. A lot on tap tonight. Like I said, Trey is not with us tonight. He's having surgery today. I hope he'll be back with us Sunday. Maybe not. It might be next Wednesday night. But everybody, keep Trey in your thoughts and prayers. We'll miss him here on Way In Sports Talk. It's, it's not going to be the same without having Trey and Everett going back and forth with each other. So maybe I can give Everett Trey's phone number and let him call there. I don't know. Maybe Trey would like that. The chat room, I need a, a yes or no. Can you hear me? Please type yes for yes and type no for no. That would be great. Okay, yes, we're good. I always need a sound check, guys, so thank you for your help and cooperation. But, yeah, Carl Pelini, I mean, he resigns and steps down. I mean, no surprise there what he did. I'm just very surprised at how you could do that as a head coach, and I don't want to beat it up and just keep going on and on. But think about that, guys, the leadership in America these days. What's going on with it? We have coaches hiding sex scandals. And speaking of that, you'll hear a lot more about one coming out soon. But you have coaches hiding things and doing bad things to win football games. And I just don't know. I just don't know. And tonight we're also going to talk about our Heisman front runners, who we have in the Heisman race and why. And a lot of people say Mariota. I'm of the school of Winston, guys. I've watched Winston play. He's a difference maker. He's a game changer. You throw Mariota off Oregon and put someone else in, they're speeding right along. Winston, though, how many times do you lose a quarterback to the first round of the NFL and as a a retro freshman come in and and be the best player on the field? I mean, that's amazing. Johnny Manziel's up there. I know he's lost two games, but but think about Texas A&M, where they would be without Johnny Manziel. And Evans as well, the receiver. I mean, a lot of people are overlooking Johnny Manziel, but wow. I mean, this kid is amazing. He does it all. Just think of Texas A&M 6-16 without Johnny Manziel at best. You take him off that team, there's no way they they beat Ole Miss. Uh, there's no way. Who else did they play close? They don't, they don't beat anybody, really. They might beat Rice, and they may beat some of those smaller schools, but they wouldn't win an SEC game without Johnny Manziel. So right now, an update, 0-0, bottom of the third in the World Series. Uh, Cuervo, I've never seen anybody late all the time, but Cuervo, for some reason, I don't know what it is, Cuervo. You're in the military. You're supposed to be on time, man. But he'll be with us shortly. And uh, some NFL matchups this weekend we're going to talk about. So I hope everyone's well tonight, 646-716-5564. And just wanted to start talking about some matchups and we won't waste any time doing it. Um, Let's start out. Excuse me. Let me do a little sound check right here in in my studio. Bear with me, like I said, just a moment, guys. I'll be right back with you. We're coming back up. All right. I'm getting positioned now. I was running late. I don't have my wife with me right now, so that makes it tough on me. She's the brains behind this operation and makes it all run, so... The first game we want to talk about in the NFL this weekend, and I'm not going to go through them deep. I'm not going to go through a lot of them in depth unless they unless they need it. So Cuervo, I think Cuervo's with us now. Cuervo, you made it. They're late than never. 
Oh, you know how I am, Tarvin. I'm not even on time for my own show sometimes. But, um, yeah, no, I, I was getting some things ready to, for work tomorrow, and I lost track of time. I looked up. Eight oh five. I said, "Oh crap! I gotta go. I gotta go get way in. I gotta go way in with Tarvino." Hello, Cuervo. You're in the military, man. If I was your drill sergeant, I would I would make you stand in the corner, and I'd get a two by four and hit you in the back of the head with it. Can they do that in the military these days? <laughs> uh, legally, no. <laughs> Does it happen? <laughs> oh man! Thanks it, for joining it, us, man. Let's just say, let's just say, there's different ways to punish people. Oh, wow. Victorino just unloaded the bases, and he's safe as well. Wow. Red Sox 3 nothing or 2 nothing. Will, will, the, will the curse be lifted tonight, Cuervo? It looks like it appears so. It, it, it looks like the curse. Boston will celebrate the World Series at home. How many, how many cars will be burned in houses tonight if they win this World Series? Uh, in Boston, I would say maybe one, but in St. Louis, probably a whole lot more. All right. Well, Cuervo, you missed it. I want to ask your opinion. This just it, it just makes me scratch my head, and we'll go back. Carl Pelini, Florida Atlantic's head coach, I don't know if you heard about this, he resigns today as Florida Atlantic's head coach, and he was smoking marijuana at a party, and and I, I just don't get it, man. What, what in the world is wrong with the leadership of America these days? Well, that's the thing. You know, if the, the the leadership is being misconstrued. A lot of people feel that that's the way to be a leader is to do things so that way people think, well, you know, he's cool. You know, he's with the cool crowd and he's doing what we're doing. That's not what leadership is about. It's not about stooping to a high school or a college kid level as far as what they do for fun. That that's not what it is. However, that's what some coaches and, and, and other people in leadership positions they think that's what it is, is well I gotta do what they're doing so that way they like me. It's 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 almost like it's almost like buying somebody's friendship and buying somebody's uh you know, acceptance. And that's just not the way it should work. However, that's the way people are doing it nowadays. That's the way coaches are doing it nowadays and I mean, it's, it's wrong. It's, it's not the way to do it because it, you know, it costs him his job. Well, is this going to be a bad year for the Pelini brothers? I mean, is Bo going to survive his, and, and keep his job in Nebraska? I say there's no way Bo Pelini's the head coach in Nebraska after this season, and now his brother. I mean, this could be a bad year for the Pelinis. How does it end up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, hopefully his brother's not doing any of the things that, you know, that he was doing <laughs> because, I mean, you want to talk about making headlines. I mean, he was the coach at FAU, and then there's no disrespect to FAU. However, his brother is a coach for a Big Ten school, University of Nebraska. This is not some, you know, no-name school that people don't know about. I mean, this is, this is a, a school that was winning national championships 15 years ago. So with that being said, um, yeah, he better hope he's not doing some of those same things or else, uh, you know, anybody with that last name will probably never get a head coaching job in college football ever again. <laughs> well, Cuervo, did, did Auburn 
drive him to get high, really. Did, did, did Gus Malzahn's running game Saturday night make Bellini go light up? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> but, um, I mean, something is. I mean, something he's like, he's like I, I can't stop the run, so I might as well get high. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe he can use that as an excuse to, to Gus Malzahn, or maybe he can blame it the lost Auburn on. He, he just got high. You know, he was so high, he was seeing double of everything. I don't know, but uh, just a bad situation for the leadership in this country. Like I said, these are coaches of men, young men, and we wonder why these guys turn out the way they do. Look at the leaders. I mean, my God. You see, like I said, you have coaches covering up sex scandals with kids and I mean it's just uh, just crazy what people will do for football and wins and and things at the end of the day nobody's going to respect you Cuervo unless you do the right thing now it's not popular sometimes to do the right thing but it's like you said to be a true leader you have to do the right thing even when it's 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 I mean it's not popular it's popularity it's like management you're not a manager and a lot of managers in corporate America they're not popular because they can't have friends in their staff. They have to be the boss, and nobody really likes the boss. And Paul, yeah, and, going and, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, what I was going to say is, I mean, you, you look at the, the best coaches in, the, in, in football today or, or in any sport, you never hear about them, oh, you know, Coach so-and-so hanging out with his star players or like Bill Belichick, you never hear him outside of work, you know, hanging out with Tom Brady or hanging out with, with any of his star players. I mean, it, it's, it's a working relationship. You know, you have to know where to draw that line. And for some people, they just don't know where to draw it. And they think, well, you know, yeah, I think I, think I could buy their, I could buy their respect by, you know, doing doing stupid things, and and I mean, like I said, I'm, you're right. Doing the doing the right thing, it may not always be the popular choice, but it's the right choice, and that's why the ones that that don't do stupid things, they're the ones that are most successful. I and mean, Bill Parcells is another great example. I and mean, this is a guy that you know you didn't you didn't see him <laughs> snorting things up his nose with Lawrence Taylor, but. You know, everybody mm-hmm. respected him like 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 he was a father to them. So that that's that's a true leader is when you know you have that that respect level to where they understand where the line is going to be drawn. Well, speaking of the lines to be drawn, did you read the story? There's there Rolando McLean. You know, he he comes out and says he felt out of control and said he felt like he left the NFL because he felt like Aaron Hernandez. He just wanted to go out and kill somebody, he said. I mean, this guy, he played at Alabama. He's been in trouble his whole life. He was raised in a single-parent home with guns, violence, and drugs all around him. I mean, my God, any way this guy ever makes it back to the NFL, and what's it going to take for, for McLean to straighten out his life? Well, I mean, I just think he needs he, – <laughs> He just probably needs some professional help. I mean, all joking aside, he probably just needs some professional help. And in a way, I kind of applaud him because a lot of people don't know when to stop themselves from doing things. When when people get emotional, they they get to that point where they just don't care and they do things they, and they don't think about it. And for McLean, it was kind of like he he stopped himself and he said, whoa, he goes, before I do anything dumber, 
if I do before I do anything dumb, I'm gonna step away. I'm gonna. I need to fix myself. And to me, I, I, to me, that was. I felt. I think that's huge. I mean, I haven't read the whole story, but I do know what you're talking about. I did read that part, and I think. I think he did. The, I, you know, hey, kudos to him. That's the way I see it. I mean, he was able to recognize that he had a problem, and now he's gonna go fix it. And if I'm an NFL coach or a GM. I mean, as long as the guy is is mentally cleaned up and, and he can think straight and things like that, why not give him another shot in the NFL? Oh, he'll be back. I mean, God, everybody makes mistakes, and the the thing is, these guys are in the spotlight. There's there's a millions and millions and millions of Rolando Rolando McLeans roaming the streets right now, and in corporate America and everywhere. The bottom line is. The cameras are not on them. Every mistake they make is not broadcasted to everyone out there. So it's tough when you have problems to be in the spotlight like that. I bet the pressure you feel. And so, yeah, kudos to him for admitting it, stepping away from the game, getting help. And, you know, I think he's going to come back next year is what they're saying. So I'm sure somebody's going to get a better player. You know he's going to be better because the more you're under, the more your emotions are under control, the better you are. I mean, he's a great athlete, guys. I mean, just a great athlete. So imagine Cuervo. He puts it all together. He gets things straightened out, how good he's going to be. So maybe he'll get away from the Raiders. Maybe that's the problem, too. Maybe playing for the Raiders just got under his skin so bad. He just couldn't help it anymore. I mean, it could be. I mean, we all know that the Raiders aren't the – they're not the best-ran franchise. But, I mean, he also did go to – you know, he moved from – Oakland to uh, Baltimore, and mm-hmm. and it, it didn't seem like his situation got any better. So uh, I don't know if it, if the the Raider factor was the whole thing, but I'm sure it played a part. Oh, it was. The, the Raiders are just cursed, man. Just a cursed organization. And what do you think about the Redskins? They're still talking about changing their name, trying to. They're trying to get them, and they've offended. Uh, their names offended so many people. Cuervo, when is this going to die? When is the red name Redskins just going to be left alone? It is what it is. Washington is not going to change your name. What do you think? Well, I do know this, that, um, you know, they've been holding, I, I don't know if it was meetings or just they were interviewing people and things like that. But, I mean, um, I do know because I get messages on my phone. I get updates, Brian, and, and I'm sure you've heard about this too. Um, there was a, uh, a spokesman that, I guess said that you know they defend they defended like they I guess they were not against using the name. So I, I mean I don't know yeah. I, I mean that's I, if as long as when you talk to people that come from those roots and things like that and you know as long as you know. People don't get offended by it and things like that. I don't. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. But it, this is my thing, Brian. And, and if it didn't bother anybody 20 years ago, it didn't bother anybody 30 years ago. Now it's 2013, and now people are are bothered by it. It just doesn't make sense to me. I just feel like nowadays, you know, anybody, people will find anything to say. Oh, that offends me, or. Hey, that's insulting. Or I mean, I just people just people need to get thicker skin, Brian. That's that's what it comes down to. I mean, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't 
a world where everybody is it's not it's it's a cruel world, Brian. It, it is. You know, we we live in a cruel world now where people just have to not not really deal with it. But what I'm saying is, like I said, grow thicker skin. I mean, my gosh, if things like that offend you, I mean, how how do people yeah. survive? That's what I want to know. How do people survive if if I was to say, hey, you know, Tarvin, I think, you know, it's just, and I call you a certain name that people call people from the South. And you, you make this big deal about it. It's like, I don't know, I, I, just, I just don't see how people survive nowadays when if you look at someone the wrong way, it's like they, they want to go and they want to they wanna get offended by it. it it's just, I don't know. Maybe I just yeah, people's priorities are people's priorities are not in order because that's the last thing you should be worrying about. You should be worrying about your own self, your family, and everything. You can't change the way people feel. You can't change the way people think. I mean, people are people the way they were raised. A lot of things go into the way people are. And you getting mad and ranting about it is not going to change the fact. Just let it alone. People will make the right decision sooner or later. Like you said, 30 years ago wasn't a problem. 20 years ago it wasn't. And now all of a sudden, now they're trying to get this changed because the, the society has become so soft, really, and, and they're not thick-skinned, and everything bothers people. Everything's got to be politically correct. That's the problem with our society now, and I wish things could change. But, you know, let's let's talk about one thing that... NCAA adopted new rules. This came out tonight. I just wanted to go over them for everybody. Recruiting rules, that is. Um, five new rules that we're going to talk about real quick. Um, uh, the first one is allowing football players to participate in eight hours per week of required weight training and conditioning. Up to two of the eight hours can consist of film review. That's number one. Two is a new rule that prohibits school staff members from attending all-star games or activities associated with those games. The third one, establishing an extended dead period when no in-person recruiting can take in December and January. For 2013-14, December 16th through January 15th is now a dead period. Wow, that's a lot of teams can recruit during that time, but now it's a dead period. And then the fourth one, establishing a 14-day dead period in late June and early July. And then number five, allowing schools to pay for meals for up to four family members um, to accompany a recruit on an official visit. I mean, it's Cuervo looking at those rules. It seems like to me that dead period, these kids are getting suffocated right now. And I just want to throw this out there. Recruiting is everything in college football. I mean, coaches do it on their bye weeks. They do it during the week. They have to make time, Cuervo to be able to go in and, and recruit. But I think, do you think a lot of these kids are feeling so much pressure sometimes and they're making the wrong decisions? That's why you see these rules coming out now? Um, no. I, and, I mean, any kid that feels like they're being pressured, again, you know, <laughs> nobody's – unless somebody's putting a gun to your head and saying, hey, you will come play for me at my school, then <laughs> – you should never feel like you made the wrong decision. It's your decision. You choose where you want to play. You know, and, and what it is is just some people recruit better than others, and that's why some schools are always going to be better than others. And it's not necessarily that anybody's forced into it. It's just sometimes it's like buyer's remorse when you buy a car, but then you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have bought this car. 
it, it's it sounded good at the time, and then now it's like okay, I changed my mind. I don't know. I just and besides, you have your whole senior year to think about where you want to play. Heck, even your junior year, especially if you know that you're good enough that you know you're going to start getting letters your senior year from from big time schools. You have plenty of time to think about where you're going to play football, where you're going to play basketball. Okay, and then this goes for basketball players too. I know it's football season, but you know it's the beginning of it's the beginning of basketball as well. And these kids have plenty of time to to think about and make that decision. And yeah, but they get bothered a lot, right. where, bro. I mean, there's these coaches; they don't let up, and it's not just one coach. It's coaches from every school on these kids at all times. I mean, they get hundreds of text messages a day sometimes. So I'm thinking they they put it out there just to allow these kids time for their studies. Time to just to have some peace about it. And you're right. I mean, they're they're big boys. They they can pick where they want to go. It's a freedom. But you know, these kids are easily swayed as well. And some of these coaches are great recruiters, and and they can get them there and get a verbal commitment and put a lot of pressure on these kids that really didn't want to make it. And I know the kids shouldn't have made the commitment, but sometimes these kids make commitments because they're just bothered so much. I think. Well, you know what, then they're, they're doing it for the wrong reason. And, and, and that right there goes, and I'm not going to say it's the parent's fault. However, as a parent, I would, I, what I would tell my kid is, look, you know, just because a coach texts you, just because a coach, uh, you know, calls you or whatever, you don't have to answer the phone. You don't have to answer the message. And to me, like, me personally, if, I, if I'm a senior in high school, if I could go back and I'm somebody that is being highly recruited or whatever, and I'm sure some of these kids do feel this way now, it's like the, the, the coaches that bother me the most are the ones I'm not going to play for because it's, it's kind of one of those things where, my God, I mean, if you're going to bug me this much about coming to play for you, I can only imagine how you're going to be when I actually make that choice to play for you and, you know, if, if, if things don't go as planned or if you, I don't meet your expectations, it's like, what are you going to call me all, you know, throughout the night and you're like, hey, you better start getting, you better start playing better, you're going to lose your scholarship or things like that. I just, I just feel like, like I would feel like, man, I don't want to play for a coach that's always going to be, you know, up my ass for no reason. So, to me, I don't know. I just, I just feel like that's that would be a turnoff. Like that would be like, okay, I don't want to play for this guy, and yeah. Yeah. you know that that that's how I would feel. But that, and then you make up a good point too, as far as the studies is concerned. I mean, you know, the kids aren't going to college if they don't finish high school. So, you know, that's that's something that the coaches have to remember too. And if they're constantly bugging them, and they're not focusing on school, then. I mean, nobody's going to get you know. Nobody's going to be able to recruit the kid because he won't he won't be done with school. Yeah, and uh, and another rule about the paying for the meals up to four family members. I think that's a good rule because these these schools want these kids to come there and they they want them to come visit. So when they take their family, it's very important that the family is there to see what the kid's going to be going through, uh, what the campus is like. I think that's a good rule that the colleges now can pay. Uh, for the family member's dinner, because Cuervo, that adds up. These 
some of these kids don't have a lot of money. They don't come from a lot of money. They have to pay their gas to get there or their ticket, but at least to get a free meal. I mean, I think that's a great decision by the NCAA. I can see them starting to maybe loosen up a little bit when it comes to finances and actually tightening up when it comes to recruiting. And I don't want to see them tighten up too much because you're right, it takes them away from the great recruiters out there. So you're trying to take away the advantage that they have and try to even the playing field. But let's face it, you know, in the SEC conference, they're going to always lead in recruiting. I just don't see right now anybody slowing them down. And, and it just seems like all these rules are built to get the SEC away from the advantage of recruiting. Yeah, uh, and, and I mean, the SEC has probably got to be the worst, wouldn't you think, Brian, as far as kids harassing, not I wouldn't say harassing, but... Um, you oh, know, yeah, harassing, young harassing, yeah. You're right, harassing, that's a good term. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I know, I know, I know that's that's probably how they feel. And, but you know what? Sometimes you have to go that extra mile to get the guy that you want. Well, let's, let's talk about a recruiter here. This is Brett Billima from Wisconsin. He came to coach Arkansas. And this guy trashed the SEC for years, years, and years. And now he leaves Wisconsin, a school that, that he was making a BCS Bowl with. And he was fortunate because at the time, Ohio State was down a little bit with probation. Michigan was down. So he was played the hero, really. And he's not a very good coach. But yet he comes into the SEC and he's, he jumps on Nick Saban's bandwagon about the spread. He's he's trying to start trouble with Spurrier, Muschamp, everybody. And now he turned his attention to Gus Malzahn. And at Auburn, I don't know if you heard this, Cuervo, but he's questioning Malzahn's integrity of leaving off a play in the film exchange. Did you hear about this? Yeah, yeah. We uh, you mentioned it on Sunday night. Uh, I, I had I think I had just called in when we were talking about it and. Uh, I mean, yeah, wasn't it? It was something about uh, because of the fact that Auburn always goes for two uh, after they score their first touchdown, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, they they they, they do it yeah. like a swing formation to where they they see how you're lined up and they'll go for two sometimes or they'll pick the extra point. Well, he left that off because maybe he thought that that Billima actually watched football, which I guess he doesn't, and understood what they do. Maybe he just left it off. I don't think it was intentional, but. What do you think this guy's problem is? Is he so insecure that he's got to try to start and be confrontational with all of these coaches that are beating him by 50 points right now? Do you think that's going to make Gus Malzahn let off the gas Saturday when you play him by starting trouble? Well, if he don't, if he don't understand that it's not going to make a difference, uh, well, then I guess he's going to get introduced to the SEC this Saturday because <laughs> Auburn, Auburn's not going to take it lightly on them, you know. They're not. So, hey, welcome to the SEC, dude. That's just the way it works. He's already been welcomed. South Carolina beat him by 50. Uh, Bama beat him by 50. Uh, Texas A&M beat him by only 12. And But you see what I mean. I think it's going to be a close game this weekend. I think But the problem is he's in a job that he's never going to be able to recruit. He's never going to be able to get big defensive linemen in the Arkansas. Nobody can. He's going to have to develop two- and three-star players and maybe a four-star here and there into winners. And, and this is a guy that I really – I don't believe he's a good football coach. I really don't think he's a good football coach, Cuervo. I think he's a benefit of, like I said, playing in a weak conference, 
and he had two teams down. Penn State was down, Michigan, Ohio State, so he's winning, but he can't ever win the big game. He chokes every time, and now he's in Arkansas. I mean, how long are they going to keep him in Arkansas if he doesn't turn it around? I mean, this guy is getting throttled in the SEC, and I'm not saying he's going to get throttled this Saturday, but I'm just saying he's a long way from competing in the SEC West, and I mean a long way. I'd probably give him another year. After, I mean, this year and next year, and if if it doesn't get any better, or if he doesn't, if if the whining doesn't stop, then you know the SEC they the SEC don't they don't have room for that. They don't have time to deal with people that are going to complain about petty stuff like, well, you left two point conversions off the film and. Okay, well then go back to the Big Ten and, and go coach, uh, you know, go coach, uh, you know, one of the one of their schools again. Go coach somebody that that actually cares about putting two point conversions on film. It's, it's ridiculous. You this is the big boys, man. Deal with it. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. To be a big to be a big boy, you need to act like a big boy, and to be a big boy, you need to beat the big boys. So I I don't see him doing it yet. And with Auburn, with Nick Marshall uh, being hurt this weekend, maybe starting a true freshman, you never know. They could be vulnerable on the road. But just because they, if they beat Auburn this weekend doesn't mean doesn't mean they're back. Uh, but here's the deal. The coaches, I've, and I've said it forever, and, and everybody on the show can say it, the coaches poll, ought to, that ought to tell you something about the coaches poll. This guy has a vote in the coaches poll, and he doesn't even watch Auburn play. So how can you rank teams according if you don't even watch football? And that's a perfect example of why the coaches' poll should be removed from the BCS formula this year and put out of its misery. It's a waste of time. I would rather have people on my show right now vote on the top 25. I guarantee you, you would have a closer top 25 than any. And I could get Paul Ewing to sit here and give me his top 25 teams, and I guarantee you it would probably be close to correct. I mean, everybody's a little different, but – these guys are terrible, and uh, but he's going to get a rude awakening hey, because I still think he plays LSU this year too. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure, yeah, they, well, the Arkansas plays them every year around Thanksgiving, so that's that's going to be another ass whooping that he's going to take. But <laughs> what I was going to say is, um, you know, wow, and I'm trying to remember what I was going to say now. Uh, oh, I'm, I bet. I bet he probably put Duke in the top 25 too, didn't he? I mean, they had a nice win against Virginia Tech, all right? All kidding aside, they did have a nice win, but he's probably got, like, Duke in the top 10, and, and then he realized, oh, crap, this is this is football. I forgot. I, th- I thought we were voting for basketball. And that's how yeah. lost this guy probably is. He's lost right now. And, guys, and the first thing insecure people do is they try to point out your flaws. They try to make your credibility go down. Um, you know what I wish what would happen is when you meet it at midfield that one of these coaches just beat him half to death right there on the field, let his let his team see it, let the fans see it, let the recruits see it. What happens when you when you run your mouth and question someone's integrity? You know, that's that's what you do. Instead of all this whining, put a pacifier in his mouth, let him sit on the sideline and force him to have a pacifier in his mouth for an for an entire game and to see how he coaches. Maybe he'll do a better job. I don't know. But let's go right quick to the NFL. Let's talk about some NFL. Trey picked some games for us. That's Trey's job, and he does it well. 
I told him I wanted to do it. He said, no, Brian, I've already made my games out. So even though he's not here, we're going to go by his list. And the first game, we're not going to go into detail because this is not a huge week for the NFL. The Tennessee Titans are 3-4, and four, Cuervo. Let me get the number first. Hold on. 646-716-5564. Call away in with us. First game, Titans 3-4 and four at the Rams 3-5. and five. If you want to see a bad football game, watch Seattle and the Rams this past Monday night. I mean, this was – I watched paint dry. It was more entertaining than this game. But the Rams are at home anyway, Cuervo – that they bounce back from that heartbreaking loss against Seattle and, and beat the Titans. I mean, I know the Titans aren't a road team, but still, are the Rams good enough to win this game at home? Oh, I mean, I think they are, Tarvin. And, and this has nothing to do with the fact that, hey, they only lost to the, the Seahawks by five points. I just think the way the, way the defensive line of the Rams played, I mean, if, if they could play like that again this week, then – um, I think they're gonna they're gonna probably hold Chris Johnson to maybe 40 yards rushing, and Jake Walker's not gonna be able to do anything. They'll be able to shut this offense down. Well, just like you said, that defensive line for the Rams is something amazing. I mean, these guys—it seemed like every play they were getting penetration. I'm not saying every now and then it was every play they they were making Russell Wilson run for his life, and even the announcers were worried about the safety of Russell Wilson. But that's the problem. I think these players come in on Monday night on the stage like that. They had a lot of motivation. They heard all week they were going to get killed. And now they came out and they gave it 110% and they came up short. And I think that defense finally starts to realize that, hey, I'm playing for a team that can't score, so I'm not going to go out here and kill myself and get injured when these guys can't make a first down. So I think Tennessee actually comes in and takes care of business in this game. I mean, this is a bad game to watch. They ought to cancel it on, on the ticket as well. They shouldn't even show this game, but but they will. I think Tennessee wins this game by a couple of – maybe a couple of field goals, six points in this game. It'll be close, but it's going to be ugly. Well, what's the line right now on it, Tarvin? Do you know by chance? Three. Tennessee's favored three. I find that – I think and that's probably be, just because of the fact that Clemens is the quarterback. If Sam Bradford was still healthy, then I would say Rams all the way. But I think you're right. I mean, I mean Tennessee Tennessee is one of those teams that – and on, on Sonny's show, we, we like to use the term Jekyll and Hyde because, I mean, one week Tennessee could look like, you know, a contender, a good, a good solid football team that that is moving in the right direction, and then the next week they lay an egg. So it's – it's one of those, you just never know. You just never know with the Titans. But this does feel like one of those games where the Titans could come in and look like that team in the AFC that's moving in the right direction that could win the division in, in, in the next couple of years. And um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you. I think Tennessee, just because of the fact that nobody probably expects Tennessee to win, everybody's impressed with the way St. Louis played, and, you know, people need to not be fooled by that. Well, Jason Humphrey in the chat room is picking the Titans. I don't see Paul's uh, pick out there, but I'm sure it's going to be the Titans. Um, but I, I just don't see any intrigue to this game or any reason to talk more about it. But this next game is interesting. Cuervo, yesterday the line was the Raiders were underdogs three points, I think, at home against the Eagles, and that made me question it. Remember what you said. You said that line could be uh, 
Oakland favored three by tomorrow or something or the end of the week. Well, guess what? The Raiders are now a two-and-a-half point favorite at home. That line's moved five-and-a-half points. And I know Foles is going to play and Vic is doubtful. That's probably why the reason of, of the the big line movement. But I like Oakland in this game. I can't pick Philadelphia because, A, their offense is, is sputtering. They can't score points, and, B, the defense is awful. And now they're going all the way across country to an Oakland team that's actually playing with some confidence. And if you saw the way they handle Pittsburgh, I know it's Pittsburgh. They're not great, but the Raiders are three and four this year. The Eagles are three and five. I mean, this is a chance for them to get to five hundred in this division. You know, they can't win it with Denver and Kansas City in it. But the Raiders are not a terrible football team with Pryor back there. He has some some bright moments. He has some bad moments. But I think him being the quarterback will carve up that Eagles defense with his feet. I don't know what you think about it, but I'm going to pick the Raiders in this one. Yeah, I, I think I like the Raiders too. Even though, even though I'm, I'm, I picked Philly in the beginning of the season to win their division, um, I, I just feel right now that the defense is nowhere near where they should be. And I, I thought this defense was going to play a little bit better. I was, I'm, I wasn't expecting them to be, you know, one of the greater defenses in the NFL. However, um, just right now, I mean, they just can't really stop anybody. And that's that's what I see. They can't really stop anyone. And um, I know they only held the, the Giants to, like, 20 field goals on Sunday. But still, I mean, just the fact that you allow teams to get in field goal range, they're lucky the Giants didn't put it in the end zone two, maybe three times. Uh, they're very fortunate. And that's because, you know, the, the Giants in reality really don't have much of a running game. Now you're facing a, a team that does have a running game. Uh, you know, knock on wood that Darren McFadden doesn't get – he doesn't get injured, but, you know, he's been able to stay healthy for the most part this season, and the Raiders do have a running game. So I think that's going to that spells trouble for the Eagles. Yeah, Jason picks Oakland as well, and Paul picked the Titans on the last game, by the way. And going to the number three game, this is uh, an interesting matchup. Three and four, Baltimore on the road against three and five, Cleveland. You know, Jason Campbell to me the other day for Cleveland, he, he looked like a real quarterback in there, like a game manager making some plays, went on the road to Kansas City, only lost by six. They were in that game from the start to the finish. Now they come back home. Uh, the Ravens with a bye week only favored two and a half at Cleveland. This game's tricky. Uh, it's very tricky. The bye week's what makes me want to pick Baltimore, Cuervo, just – to be able to get healthy, to get a game plan, to get Ray Rice going. Uh, is there a reason you think Baltimore is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Cleveland right now? Well, the offense. That I mean, the inconsistency of Joe Flacco. Ray Rice has, in my opinion, um, not completely disappointing. However, I, would, I wouldn't put him at my top five in the AFC as far as running backs is concerned. I mean, there's other guys out there that, I would put ahead of them, but um, that, that's why I think the Ravens are only, you know, favored by so much. And it wouldn't surprise me, Tarvin, if, you know, your favorite Auburn Tiger of all time, Jason Campbell, goes in and he wins this game. Yeah, I'm going to pick my my tenth favorite Auburn Tiger of all time, Jason Campbell. <laughs> I get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> to win this game at home, I think, I think their defense is, is what I like, watching Cleveland play. 
being at home, they'll be able to feed off the crowd a little bit. Flacco could be Flacco and throw three or four picks and, and look terrible. So I'm going to go with the upset in this one, the small upset. Cleveland in this game. I think Paul Ewing picked Cleveland. Uh, who else? Uh, Jason Humphrey's picking the Ravens. So we're we're mixed on that one. But I'm going to go with Cleveland just because of Joe Flacco and Jason Campbell. I think Jason Campbell gained some confidence. I think they'll win. Cleveland's a feisty team. They have a chance to be four and five. But if Ravens fall to three and five, it's just going to be difficult for them with Cincinnati the way Cincinnati's played in this division. It looks like Cuervo, Cincinnati's going to run away with it. So Baltimore's not even going to be a playoff team. No, they're not. And and I didn't pick them to be a, a playoff team in the beginning. So um, at, least I, at least I'm doing something right as far as making predictions are concerned. Uh, no playoffs for the Ravens this year. I thought you had the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Giants in the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was it was the uh, the Jaguars and the Bucks. <laughs> okay, the Bucks. Yeah, they they really disappointed this year, huh? I know Paul Ewing, the big oh, fan of the Bucks, in the chat room. I believe he is. Or is that Jonathan? I can't remember. But anyway, let's go to games that matter. The the next two, the Saints six and one on a bye week. Um, they they have to still think about that loss to New England. Still, I think it's in the back of their mind, even after buying and a few weeks have passed against the Jets. Going to New York, the four and four Jets. I just don't see in this game any way, Cuervo, that Geno Smith can create enough offense to beat the New Orleans Saints. And the reason is the Saints defense is so much improved now that I just think they'll they'll hold off the Jets pretty easy in this one. I just don't think Geno Smith can beat the Saints. They can't outscore them, and they can't score on them. It's a bad matchup, and I think a lot of people are going to be suckered into taking the Jets. But, I mean, they, these guys got beat by 50 points last weekend. So I don't know how they're going to do playing the Saints now. I mean, this is a blowout. I think the line's only six. Uh, but, guys, this is a lock if you've ever seen one in pro football. The Saints are favored six points over the Jets. Yeah, I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna. I'm betting the house on this one, Brian. If if, <laughs> if the line continue, it stays at six, then uh, you know I'll, I'll, I'll own a new house by the end of the week. So I, I'm taking the Saints for sure. I mean, I just don't see how it's not sixteen. Um, but you know, I, I you know I know what it is. I know what it is, Tarvin. It's 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 that twin power, man. You know, Rex knows what Ryan's thinking. Ryan knows what Rex is thinking. So it's going to be a close game. Bullshit. <laughs> Excuse my language. I know I don't cuss a lot, but that's... This is a family show. It's a family you know, that's show. What people... Oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was PG-13. <laughs> but, no, it's rated, mean... no, it's rated G, man. This is a G-rated show. Oh, okay. I'm sorry for all the kids out there. Um... <laughs> they're gonna win, okay. Period. It, it doesn't matter. Hey, I, I pulled up. I got a new. I got a new Mercedes this weekend. Off after a good weekend, you know. This weekend, I'm looking to get a Lamborghini off some of these games. Oh God, no kidding! I think I'm gonna get me a. Uh, what are they? Was it a Bugatti? I'm gonna get me one of those. And a quick update: the Red things. Sox. Red Sox are up six to nothing. I mean, this World Series is over. And, wow, six to nothing, Boston didn't disappoint. I thought for, you know, part of me thought they would choke. 
But I did say Red Sox in six. So did Paul. He just reminded me in the chat room. And Trey, Trey didn't think so. So, Trey, you're out there listening right now. Um, I was right. You were wrong. Paul was right. You were wrong. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going to – I don't bet. I bet play money. I pretend. I write it on a piece of paper what I'm going to bet this week and how much money. And right now, I'm up about $30 million this season in college and NFL. So, that's a lot of money. Just think if that was real. Well, I mean, if it was real, then uh, you and I would be best friends. Uh, but, you know, too bad it's not real. But, I mean, it, that, the reason I brought the whole brother thing, because that's what people are trying to make this game, and it's so annoying. I hate storylines like that. Oh, brother versus – that's why the Super Bowl, honestly, Tarvin, I, normally I'm a guy that I'll watch a little bit of Super Bowl pregame. But because it was the Niners and the Ravens, it was Jim versus John. I watched absolutely zero free game. I, I watched nothing. Maybe the last ten minutes right before kickoff, because I, I just I knew I was going to get sick to my stomach about hearing brother versus brother and and all this sort of crap. It's stop. I don't. I just hate when the storylines become that. You know and and. Especially for and the same thing with this game, you know Rex Ryan versus Rob Ryan. No, it's the Saints versus the Jets. The Saints are a much better team, and you know they don't have the offense to to stay with the with the Saints. They're not going to be able to put the points up that you know that the the Saints are going to be able to. So that that's why I know for a fact. Heck, this 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 game should be a sixteen point spread. You know, yeah, I mean especially if you lose by spread, fifty. Especially, especially you lose what forty nine to nine or whatever it was. Yeah, um, I can't remember yeah, the exact score. Yeah, you shouldn't even be in a conversation right now. You should be removed from football if you lose that bad uh, to Cincinnati. But yeah, now you have to deal with Drew Brees on a bye week, Sean Payton getting that got those guys ready. I mean, this this Saints team is very very good guys. I mean, they're a legitimate. Super Bowl contender, and anybody that tells you the Saints are not, they're they're not watching football. They're not watching and, and analyzing the way these guys look. They're a Super Bowl contender right now, and I, there's no way Drew Brees is. That's all I got to say. Drew Brees, Geno Smith, let's put them up together. Who's the better quarterback? It's not even close, and, and this game is all about the quarterback. And Geno Smith, your defense is good, but it's not that good. They're going to get blown out in New York, and I don't care what anybody says. If it if it doesn't happen and the game's fixed, that's what I'll say. And our number number one game, Cuervo, this is close to your heart, the Chicago Bears on Sunday night football travel to Green Bay, and I know you hate the Packers. I know this is a huge rival. No Jake Cutler. Give us your chances of the Bears going in and pulling an upset. I've seen crazier things happen, and it's very possible. Uh, the chances of the Bears winning – are about the this about just as good as that thirty million dollars becoming real that you've won so far this this year. Okay, that's how much all on the Bears. I give the Bears. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I look at the Bears and and I think because this is a division rival game, and the defense of Chicago, I think can rise up. They can rise up then they can play, especially on the road. I just think they play good sometimes in Lambeau. But Paul Ewing in the chat room said that, right, the Packers are clicking right now, 
and the pressure is kind of off Rodgers. He's got a running back named Eddie Lacy he can hand the ball off to. It just does seem like the Packers are, are clicking on offense. It really does. It, it really seems like the defense is a lot better. The offense is, is more balanced. And this Packers team, they're a contender as well. They're not as soft as, as I thought they would be. Yeah, and right now they're making Sonny Clark look bad because he picked the Packers to uh, finish third in this division. But, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't fall for it. I, I stuck with Green Bay to win the division, and, uh, you know, so far so far it's going my way. But, Tarvin, tell me if this sounds familiar to you, though, and, and I hate to admit it as a Bears fan, but tell me if this sounds familiar. Green Bay Packers, uh, you know, injuries on offense, and some of these guys are the same. Uh, when you talk about your Michael Finley, you talk about Clay Matthews, uh, injuries on both sides of the football, and they're playing well. What does that What does that remind you of? I don't doesn't know. It, doesn't it remind you of the year that they won? Doesn't it remind you of the year that they they won the Super Bowl when they beat the Steelers? Yeah, that's a good point. It does. Yeah, it's just yeah, going into Lambeau at night though. Going into Lambeau at night for the Bears, that's going to be tough. The point spread, just to let everybody know out there that's thinking about it, uh, 10.5, Green Bay's favored. The over-under is 50.5. And, and don't forget, Randall Cobb's out as well. Right, and, and that's what I'm saying, Tar. The same year that they won the Super Bowl, they had Donald Driver was out for a big part of that year. Finley was out for a big part of that year. They had lost um, – they had lost a couple of uh, – I think they still had uh, Bishop, the linebacker. So they had key players that, that were out the whole season, and they still wind up winning the Super Bowl. And it's it's kind of like deja vu. You got Cobb is out, Finley is out, James Jones is out, and, you know, they still have guys that can come in and fill their shoes. And as a Bears fan, that, that it really does scare me. It does. It scares me because – you don't know for how much longer they'll be able to play this well. And, you know, you, it's like wait until they get these guys back and, and it's going to be even – it's even going to be more dangerous. So it just it, – it, it does. It makes me nervous. And like I said, I mean, I really don't give the Bears much of a chance to win this game unless they somehow find a way to disrupt Aaron Rodgers and force him to make bad throws. But <clears throat> honestly <laughs> – Nobody nobody ever really makes Aaron Rodgers make bad mistakes. Yeah, in the in the game that the two games off the list I just want to touch on real quick, the Atlanta Falcons on the road to at Carolina. I mean, is this a must win for the Falcons or does it really matter? Are they done anyway, Cuervo? I see no way they go on the road and stop this Carolina team. Uh Cam Newton's starting to play like he should play. The defense is one of the top in the NFL this year. I just see no way that the Falcons can go on the road without Julio Jones and that team with the confidence the way it is and beat Cam Newton this year. It seems like Cam's played very well against the Falcons in the past, and I think he rolls this week. Yeah, I think he does too. I, I don't think I think Atlanta's done for this year in reality. I mean, especially with the division that they're playing in, Brian, and you look at the NFC as a whole, you know, the NFC – is is the stronger conference. I mean, the best they can do is 11 and 5. And even that won't guarantee them a spot in the playoffs because you 
you got uh, you know New Orleans in your own division. Then you got Seattle and San Francisco you have to worry about. Then you have Green Bay and you have either the Bears or the Detroit Lions to worry about. And then out east, you, I mean somebody has to win that division, and they're probably going to go <laughs> ten and six. So, I mean, at best they can go eleven and five, and we all know that's not going to happen. So, honestly. Week eight going into week, I think we're going into week nine now. I'll, I'll, I'll say it right now, right right here, right now on your show, the Atlanta Falcons are done. They're not making the playoffs. They might as well just plan in for next year. And well, this, I think this it's a, a funeral shame. for them. It's a funeral, Cuervo. That's what this is. We're going to do the eulogy and everything this weekend, this Sunday. Sure, absolutely. And um, I, I just think, I don't know, you're right. They're done. And, uh, I mean, I stuck, I stuck a fork in the Steelers week one. Nobody wanted to listen to me. I'm sticking the fork in the Atlanta Falcons as of right now. Um, you know, they're, they're officially uh, on, my, on my list of dead teams in the NFL. So, uh, But you know what, Tarvin? Th- this is a good opportunity for Cam Newton and, and the Carolina Panthers to uh, move into that number two spot and – I, honestly, with the way the defense is playing, it's probably going to happen. Yeah, Carolina can beat the Saints. And I don't know, I mean, this is just a matchup, the way they play defense and, and the way they can carve up that defense with the Saints. I think that's going to be interesting. I don't think they can win the division because it's just the consistency factor. I think New Orleans is more consistent. But I think Carolina can keep it close. But they will finish second in the division because the Falcons and the Bucks are terrible. But, look, I mean, the Atlanta Falcons, guys, I mean, they, it was the writing was on the wall with them after last year. You come in this year, you bring in Steven Jackson. What has he ever done? I mean, you get O.C., he's about 40 now. Or he's out of his prime. I mean, you're getting guys that, that aren't that good. And you, you keep Tony Gonzalez on your team when you should have had the courtesy to ship him off and let him have a chance at a winner. But this is the week Cam Newton puts the dagger in Atlanta. He's from the hometown. He wants to to win that game very bad, and I think they will. I just I just don't think the Falcons can play with motivation after the way that their season was last year, how dominant they were, and now look at them. It's just hard to come back. So that wraps up our NFL. A lot of great games out there this weekend. We'll be keeping an eye on them, talking about them Sunday night. And that takes us to college football, man. I just The BCS standings, are they going to be shaking this weekend? Are they going to change? After this weekend, or Cuervo, is this a boring weekend where nothing's going to change, everything's going to stay the same, and there's blowout games everywhere? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think there could be a small change. I mean, depending on what happens with that Florida State-Miami game, I mean, you know, you're talking about number seven versus number three. So um, I, I, no matter the outcome, I mean, you're, you're going to see teams moving up and moving down, but um, and then you also got number 15 versus number 18. So, I mean, that's a little down the polls. However, again, you know, the winner of that game could see themselves as a top 12, possibly, team in the BCS. Yeah, well, we're going to start our review. And Trey picked some games on here that, you know, I don't know if, if we want to spend a lot of time talking about UNC 2-5 and five on the road at NC State 3-4. and four. All I can tell you about that game is both teams suck and North Carolina is going to win. Anything you want to add? Um, 
No, I guess not. I, I'll go the other way, though. I'll take NC State. I don't know why I'm going to go against you, I guess. You're going against Matthew McConaughey here in that movie, you know, where he was gambling, picking these games. You can't do that, Cuervo. you got to stay on track. <laughs> co-host this show. I don't, I don't know if you've been watching Kenny Powers. You know, he's a co-host of a radio show now or, you know, on a TV show, and he's trying to take over and go against the host. You can't do that, Cuervo. You have to. You have to say everything I say. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I, I didn't know that that was the rule. Hey, I have I'm a comment sorry. about Sonny Clark's pick of Green Bay uh, going third. He must have been with Carl Fellini this past weekend. You know, smoking that dope <laughs> or something to make that to make that prediction. And Sonny, if you're listening, call in six four six seven one six five five six four. But you do have uh, Paul Ewing in the chat room with you with NC State. And Jason Humphreys is on my side. That's all that matters. He's already picking Oregon to win, and we haven't even covered their game. I don't know. Jason Humphrey needs to get the ducks off his mind. There's other teams out there, Jason, you know, like uh, Auburn, Tennessee, you know, but, but he, he won't talk about those, though. So we'll, we'll keep going. The next game is, is intriguing to me because – the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Dan Mullen, he just, for some reason, he just can't win any big games. He's never beaten anybody uh, worth mentioning while he's been in Starkville. Now he goes on the road to number 14, South Carolina. And is it is it just me or is South Carolina one of those teams you never know how they're going to play? They're 6-2. and two. They can win this East. It's, it's still in their possession. I think they're going to get there as long as they don't lose another SEC game. But any way Dan Mullen can get his troops ready to go on the road and beat South Carolina, I just think, Cuervo, that defense for South Carolina is just going to be a little too much at home. I think it is too, uh, Tarvin. And, I mean, you know, the big moat was starting to swing towards South Carolina as well. I mean, a uh, nice nice win over uh, Missouri last week. So, I mean, that, that, that's got to build, you know, boost their confidence a little bit at least. And, um, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, those are the type of wins that programs look for to try and turn their, their season around. I know, granted, they've only lost two games, but in college football, that's, that's a lot. So they're going to have to, you know, it, it was very, it was big for them. That last week was a big win. Uh, and it was, it was at Missouri too. So they went on the road and they won this game. So now, now they get to come back home and play a Mississippi state, state team. Like you said, that, Oh, whenever whenever the the spotlight's on them, they they tend to uh, they tend to fold. So I like South Carolina. Well, Connor Shaw's been bothered by a virus, and he was sick last week. They said that's why he wasn't playing until the fourth quarter. But hats off to him for coming in sick and and playing the game of his life. Connor Shaw is a tough guy. Having him, at, I think he earned a lot of respect from his teammates this past weekend. I think that's going to carry over to this weekend again and the rest of the season. I think South Carolina, my preseason prediction to win the East was South Carolina, and I'm sticking to it. It's still, it's still feasible, and I like them. I like them better than Missouri. They beat Missouri. I like them better than Georgia. They're struggling with injuries in Florida. I can't score points. So South Carolina is sitting over there. In my opinion, even though in the win-loss record, Cuervo, they're not in the driver's seat. In my mind, they are. They're 11.5-point favorites. I, would, I don't feel comfortable giving that many points because I know Mississippi State can sneak up and play, but I think South Carolina wins. You think that as well, and I'm sure everybody in the chat room will think that too. Um, so let's move on to uh, 
USC is at Oregon State, and that's Thursday night, I believe, or Friday night. USC on the road at Oregon State. And this is an Oregon State team that was ranked last weekend uh, before they lost to Stanford. I had Oregon State pulling the upset last week, and Stanford's defense was just too much for that offense. And that's the thing. I don't think USC has a defense, Cuervo, especially going up to Beaver Stadium and trying to beat them. I think Oregon State on a Friday night takes care of Southern Cal. I just don't think they have the artillery to to go on the road and win. What do you think? Are you going to pick the upset in this one? I think Oregon State's favored four points in this game. Yeah, they they are. And I'm not going to do it. You know, I did listen to the host last week, and I picked Oregon State as well against Stanford, and uh, it didn't quite work out for me. So I think that's why I went with NC State over North Carolina. But, um, I mean, in all, in all seriousness, no, I mean, what has USC really done since they fired Lane Kiffin? And I'm not saying, like, Lane Kiffin was, you know, an important part of USC. But, yeah, look at it. you got you got to take it into consideration. And I'm looking at their schedule. I didn't even realize they played Notre Dame. My goodness. I don't know where I've been, but. I didn't even know they played this game. Uh, I thought it was later yeah. in the year, but I mean, US, USC, uh, there's, they're, uh, I, you know, I look at their point totals and they're just not what USC football used to be. They're not. I mean, 14 points against Notre Dame, 19 points against a bad Utah team. So now you go on the road against Oregon State team who, um, you know, can put points up. So, yeah, I, I don't even think it's going to be close, Tarvin. I, I think I think Oregon State wins, and I think they win big. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a pretty big win by them. I, USC is just not a road team. Oregon State is going to be hungry. I mean, remember, they only have two losses. So, it came the first game of the season and last week. I think they're a good enough team to bounce back at home especially a night game at home. I just don't think Southern Cal can play four quarters of football. So USC is going to fall to five and three, five and four, and Oregon State's going to go up to seven and two, I think. But if Southern Cal can win, I'll give it to them. I'll give them kudos and props because that would be a big win for them. And the next game that's this big for a lot of reasons to me is Northwestern, four and four, going on the road to Nebraska. You know Northwestern has – They've really fallen down this year. I, I really am very disappointed in Northwestern, the way they play football. But also you look at a 5-2 and two Nebraska team that's not as good as their record. I mean, this team's bad. They got trounced by UCLA and Lincoln, and then they turn around and get beat by 10 against Minnesota last week. I mean, I think they're good enough to beat Northwestern at home maybe, but Bo Pelini, I mean, you talking about underachieving and disappointing. I mean, this guy's only a seven-and-a-half-point favorite at home this week to Northwestern. I mean, Tommy Armstrong will be the quarterback for Nebraska. Is he enough to, to beat Northwestern this weekend, or is Northwestern going to – Fitzgerald and company going to pull off a big upset? Uh, well, I mean, if you want to call it an upset, then, yeah. I mean, if, you know, Northwestern will win this game. But I, I have a question. I mean, this may be this may be a little, uh, you know, a little off topic or whatever. But how much of a distraction do you think for Bo Pelini, What happened to his brother? How much of a distraction do you think that could be for Nebraska and the way he coaches this game? I mean, do you think that plays any type of factor in it? 
no, I don't. I think Bo Pelini is worried about Bo Pelini right now, and I think Bo Pelini knows that he's done. And I think we have Paul Ewing in the chat, or he's on the line right now. Paul, you press number one. What's going on, man? I was just getting in for the Georgia-Florida game you asked earlier. Figured I'd get okay, in. Go cool. ahead and get in. Okay, cool. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, sir. And uh, I don't know where all of our regulars are tonight, but it must be a, an off night somewhere. There must be something happening right now. I guess people are trick-or-treating, right? Hey, man, the NBA yeah, season early trick-or-treating. <laughs> well, question for y'all. Paul, what are you dressing up as for Halloween? Oh, yeah, man. I think I'll be watching football. You'll be an offensive coordinator for Florida, so you're going to address Yeah, there you go. I'm one of the party poopers. The, all the lights go off in the house, and I turn the TV out on the back porch. <laughs> well, guys, I, I just don't think that that Northwestern's going to go into Lincoln. And, Paul, tell us if, we're, if I'm wrong. Uh, I think Nebraska's going to win this game, but they're still not going to salvage Oplini's job. He's done. It's just a matter of time. He's underachieved. He's embarrassed the program more than once. I think it's over. Do you think Nebraska is going to pull this win out? I, I pick Nebraska. Okay, Cuervo, you picking? Are you picking Northwestern? You know, at first, at first, I wanted to. However, I'm looking at you know both of their schedules, and, and I didn't even again. I, I don't know. I just I guess that's how much out of the loop I've been. With, with college football, but I didn't realize Northwestern has lost four games in a row. They're just, they're just not, they're, they're, they're on a roll in the wrong, but in the wrong direction, guys. So I, I'm going to go with Nebraska. They're just, they're just playing better right now. So I'll take, I'll take the Huskers at home. Yeah. Well, the next game is, is dear to my heart. And a lot of people are saying, you know, Auburn's on upset alert. You know, oh yeah. Are, Alabama does play, huh? Auburn's oh, number sorry, eight in the Brian, country, going on the road to Arkansas, three and five. Uh, I look at this game, and Nick Marshall is questionable, really. Uh, I think he's hurt more than what they're letting on, or maybe Gus Malzahn's playing mind games. But Jeremy Johnson, the true freshman, could be the quarterback going on the road. But, Paul, do you do you see any chance of Arkansas slowing down Auburn, even if Jeremy Johnson's the quarterback and Nick Marshall's out? Maybe about five percent. Arkansas is a real bad football team, guys. Why is the this point spread seven ugly, and quick. a half? Why is the point spread only seven and a half then? You know, I don't know. I don't know who you use to follow your uh, point spreads or whatever. <laughs> I use I use Vegas Insider, and they they compiled from twelve different casinos. Did you notice that when the when the line opened at midnight on Sunday morning? That Arkansas was actually a six and a half point favorite. Yeah, I think that was a typo. Well, it's still up there if it is. Anyway, I but just Vegas being Vegas, there's no way this is going to be a blowout, man. They're just yeah. football. Arkansas, and I think people are looking at still the the point spreads of games are made by the perception, and right now Auburn's perception. People still remember that three and nine year. They're not believers in Auburn just yet, and that's people that gamble and everything, and they're looking at a night game on the road. Arkansas has always been a thorn in Auburn's side. Anytime Auburn's ever had a great team or a good team, uh, Arkansas seems like that team that plays them tough. But 
they're a one-dimensional team. If Auburn can can load the box and stop the run and make Allen beat them, I think it'll be a long day. But I just don't see Arkansas stopping the offense of Auburn. I think you'll see a lot more passing in this game. After you see run, run, run throughout the last few games, I think Auburn opens it up a little bit and throws the ball down the field. And I think it's a 14-point game, you know, towards the end. Arkansas might maybe score and backdoor cover Cuervo. But I'm not ready to pull the upset in this one. I think Auburn wins this game. I just don't think they're going to get caught looking ahead to Tennessee the next week. No, I mean, I would hope not. I mean, not that Tennessee is going to be much of a threat either, but um, I, I, I like the, you know, your Auburn Tigers as well. I don't, I don't see them having much of a problem. Yes, it's a road game, and it's, it's at nighttime, and we always like to talk about those type of games. Uh, but, again, this is a bad Arkansas team, as Paul said. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a, a War Eagle kind of night, Tarvin. Real well, quick on that one, Carlos. Real yeah. quick, when I told you it said Arkansas was six and a half, and then the next day Auburn was favored by nine. <laughs> what is it right now? Yeah. I think it's at what nine. It Last now? time I checked, it was nine. Okay. Well, I, I just I think you're right. Vegas being Vegas, they they don't want to make it too big because it might tip it off. But they're making people that bet a lot of football usually are smart people, or or they look at trends. And and if you see a, a game that's too good to be true, then you you'll probably take that team. Like and that's probably what they're trying to do. And I see it a lot. You have to be careful. Vegas is smart. They built all those casinos out there because they know what they're doing. Well, the next game, number five, Cuervo, Tennessee. Takes their four and four record on the road to number nine Missouri seven and one Missouri for that heartbreaking loss and and what was it double or triple overtime to tennis or uh, to South Carolina and Tennessee losing in a blowout fashion to Alabama does Tennessee have what it takes Cuervo to go on the road and beat Missouri at night? Uh well I mean I, I don't I don't know I don't know Tarvin the reason I say I don't know is because. I'm interested to see how this this freshman quarterback Dobbs plays. I I don't know what I saw against Alabama. Hey, he has the tools to move the ball down the field with that offense, and uh, let's see if he could put it together though in a whole football game. You know, against the number the number nine team in the nation, and you know I'm I'm glad they're still top ten by the way, because if Tennessee can pull it off, that would be big. But um, I don't know. I think I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop Missouri. They, they give up too much on defense, in my opinion, and I think that's going to be a concern for for Tennessee. So, I mean, as much as I would love to pick the Vols to win, I, I don't I don't see it happening, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Missouri. Paul, who are you picking? I'm going with Missouri as well. Yeah, I'm going to be a. Uh, you think he'll do good on the road at night, first start? Do I think he'll do good? No. But have I been proven wrong before? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I think it's Tennessee has a chance to beat two top ten teams this year and, and get ready for that Auburn team coming in next Saturday that I'll be at and Cuervo's not going to be going. But I'll have to pull the Tigers on by myself. I was going to try to convert Cuervo to an Auburn fan next weekend, but I'm not going to get a chance to. So the next game, guys, is big to Paul Ewing here. This is this is a game that usually uh, 
the cocktail party is a game everybody's talking about. And Paul, nobody's talking about this game. Both teams are four and three. They come in just on a down note, really. Both teams struggling. I mean, what, what do you make of it? Georgia's a two and a half point favorite. What, what's the mindset of the Gators going into this week? Well, going into the bye week, it was all about getting back to the fundamentals on offense, which is kind of sad <laughs> in the, the season. But, uh, I mean, it's just one of the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, and it's just both teams are four and three. I mean, mindset is all basically offensive line. Uh, that's the first place that Florida needs to begin, and they have begun. They've uh, switched it around. We've got new starters on both tackles. So we'll see if they figured anything out. I mean, I, I, me and you've been talking during Florida games, and you just see how abysmal the offensive line play is. It's terrible. You know, and then you got Brent well, Lee's. Go ahead. Paul, you have a team like Florida with a defense like they have. Why do they not open their offense up a little bit and get more of a spread instead of just doing this? Just, I mean, it's just so boring. Can't they take more chances with the defense they have to open up the offense? I think I think they're confused on what identity they're going to be. Is Muschamp going to be a, a good enough head coach to hire an offensive coordinator that can run the offense the way they that he sees this instead of what Muschamp wants to do, really. Because right now, what Muschamp's doing is not working. He's recruiting very well, but he just can't score points. And this is happening every year he's been there. So I don't know what's going to change or what's going to happen. Well, what's going on is, you know, he is recruiting well, but since he's been here, I don't know what's going on. But for some reason, we can't get legit offensive linemen recruits. We just we keep losing them, you know. That's the one area that we haven't hit good at all since he's been there. And you have to have a great offensive line to run a pro-style offense, period. And we don't, we don't spread it out, to answer your question on that, is you can't spread it out when your offensive line is like a piece of Swiss cheese. You know, I mean, you just can't do it. You know, we don't have Tim Tebow back there no more. He can't run off to the left and right. You know, Murphy can run, but he's more of a north-south kind of guy. You know, I mean, I mean, when he when he takes the snap and he takes his his footwork back, I mean, there's dudes in his face. You can't, I mean, and then you got a guy like Brent Pease that gets down in inside the five and runs two halfback dives up the middle when the, there's eight men in the box. You know, you, you, yeah. I'm sitting in Dothan, Alabama, and I know I know that. Well, Cuervo, uh, maybe I should familiar with both of these teams. Yeah, Cuervo, you're familiar with both of these teams in the East. Who are you going to pick in this game? Because I look at it, and I look at the offense of Georgia, even with some injuries, I think Murray, I'm going to pick Murray because of the fact that he's the better quarterback of the two and, and for offense. I just don't think Florida's offense is good enough right now to exploit a weak Georgia defense. And I don't know. This is going to be a good game. It's going to be a slugfest. But who's going to win, Cuervo? Who are you taking? Well, another thing, too, what I'm hearing, guys, is that uh, Gurley will be back for Georgia as well. So that's going to be a, that's going to be a big plus for, for the Bulldogs. Um, right. But, you know, a lot of times I, I get the feeling, guys, that whenever somebody has the, the feeling of, you know, they're, they're more of a favorite, it always winds up becoming the underdog that wins. So I, I tell you what, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if the Gators come in and, and they take this, take this game. So. Uh, but it, it's it. This is a tough one. This is. I mean, these are both. We 
if you were to just say SEC team four and three, uh, you know, and, and use certain things. I mean, you could do, you could be talking about either one of these teams. They're both having the same type of year, and I mean, so with that being said, I mean, this game is is humongous for both of them. But I just have that feeling that I think, even though Gurley is going to be back for Georgia, at least that's what they're saying, and Murray is the better quarterback. I just there's something about this game that I think Florida's going to come out and they're going to, you know, this is their, this is their big game. You know, like this is their, I guess, SEC championship, whatever you want to call it. This is the make or break seasonal game for them. So I think just for that reason, because of how much it, it's going to mean to Florida, I think they come out and I think the Gators win. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Florida too. I, I am. I'm. I've been back and forth on this, and this game is in Jacksonville, guys. It's in Jacksonville, and I'm a defensive guy too. And I don't know. It's just I can go either way, but I think Muschamp in a bye week is gonna have his teams fired up. Remember, this is a rival game. They hate each other more than anything, and and I think if you look at a, a team ready to brawl, it's Florida right now. I think Michigan or Georgia after losing to Vanderbilt. I mean, how do you recover from that? I know Florida lost to Missouri, but at least they're a, they were a top five team in the BCS at one point. You lost to Vanderbilt, and I just don't see how you go in that bye week and heal from that, especially when the expectations were national championship expectations to start the season. Guys, Paul, I'm going to make you happy. I'm going to pick the Gators in this one, and that's going to take us to a Big Ten rival game, Michigan, oh, well, Michigan well, State. What? I didn't get to make my pick now. Who'd you pick? I'm going with Missouri. I mean, not Missouri, but uh, Georgia. I'm going to have to okay, pick Georgia. Plan. All right, well, going I'm going with Georgia real fast. I'm going with Georgia based off of Gurley coming back, based off of uh, what I've seen from Florida, and I don't know what the changes are going to do for the offensive line. But real fast we move on, just want to give everyone a reminder, Kelvin Taylor will be starting at running back for Florida and his first career start will be, take place in the house his daddy built in Jacksonville. So I think he might have a big dime. I don't know. But that's, mm. a, that's pretty cool that he's going to get his first career college start on the same stadium that his dad built pretty much with Jacksonville. That's a good point. And the Gators are, to me, a more physical team, and that's why I like them a little bit. I might change my mind. You never know. But right now I'm going to pick Florida to win this game and go 5-3. and Georgia's going to go 4-4, four and four and I think they quit. I think once they get to that point, they're done. The next game is, is a weird line in this one. Michigan, 6-1 uh, on the road at 7-1 and one Michigan State, and the Michigan State's a six-point favorite in this game. I know Michigan State's defense is good, but Cuervo, is it good enough to, to beat Michigan? I don't know. Michigan's played bad this year at times, and been good at times, but six and one. I don't think Michigan's as good as that six and one record. They're not, and I mean they, you know, I mean they they look good at times. I remember watching the game against Notre Dame earlier this season, and you know they look good. But since then, I just I really haven't heard a lot. I really haven't seen a lot from Michigan. I mean, that loss to Penn State uh, what was it two weeks ago? I think was. I think that mm-hmm. took a lot out of them. You know, I mean, yeah, Brian they demolished the end of the next 
you know, I know they demolished Indiana that next week, but it's Indiana. So, I mean, how, like, how much can you, can you, you know, beat your chest on that one? So, uh, you know, Michigan State, I mean, they're, they're playing some they're, – they're dominating right now in reality. I mean, their only loss, Tarvin, if you think about it, it's only, it's, it was a four-point loss to Notre Dame. So uh, I think right now, yeah, you're at that point in the season where it's all about the momentum. And the teams that have the momentum, the teams that are playing well, are the ones that are going to win football games. So with that being said, I don't know if if Michigan is favored. If they are, then uh, Michigan State is favored. Get upset. Michigan State is favored. so it's not going to be an upset then. It'll just be Michigan State winning. So I'm taking Sparty. I am too, and it's because of their defense. I'm going to take Michigan State because of that defense. And, I mean, Garner's looking bad this year, and I think that defense is going to have its way with him. I, I know it's a rival game, but come on. Vegas put them in a favorite like that for a reason. I know a lot of people will be trying to take Michigan in those points, but I'm telling you, Michigan State will win this game, and that takes us to our number two game real quick, Cuervo. 18-ranked Oklahoma State, 6-1, and one, goes on the road to number 15, Texas Tech. Texas Tech coming off that big loss to Oklahoma. and After watching Oklahoma State lose to West Virginia, man, it's just it's hard to take them serious. But this is a huge game in the Big 12. I mean, this is the winner of this game will challenge Baylor to see who wins this conference here. And who are you taking? Uh, well, Tarver, when I look at this one, I mean, the, the, it has the, the makings for Texas Tech to win. Um, but I mean, you got to look at you got to look at Oklahoma State and what they've been able to do. I mean, they're putting up points and and they're making it look easy in reality. So uh, you got Oklahoma. You know, they just came off a loss against Oklahoma. You know, what's their mindset right now? Do they feel like well, our season's over and things like that? So. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State, um, but it would—I mean—it wouldn't surprise me either way this game goes. But I'm going, to, I'm going to take Oklahoma State right now just because of the way this offense is clicking. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm going to take on the road. I'm going to pull the upset pick, and I'm going to pick Oklahoma State. I don't think it's going to be an upset, really. I know Vegas has to put Texas Tech a favorite right now because of what Oklahoma State did against West Virginia, but you're right. They are clicking, and I just don't think Texas Tech can recover that quickly from a loss against Oklahoma. So I'm going to go with Oklahoma State as well, and I picked them to win the Big 12 to start the season. Don't know if that's going to happen, if they can beat Baylor. That'll be the thing. But Baylor's going to start playing their schedule very soon. They've played a bunch of junior colleges so far. But we're going to see how good that Baylor team is once they get into the meat of that Big 12 schedule. And our number one game, guys, the big game of the week, which I don't even think it's big. Number seven, Miami, seven and zero at number three, Florida State, seven and zero. Cuervo, Miami is a team. If you look at them, they shouldn't even be in the top ten. They barely survived some terrible wins at home against some lower lower opponents that are just terrible. Now they got to go to Tallahassee. I mean, what's the percentage that they they even keep this game within a touchdown? Slim to none, but uh, you threw me off, Tarvin. You said game of the week, so I automatically thought about West Kentucky, Western Kentucky versus Georgia State. But I guess, you know, we're talking about Miami and Florida State now. But um, I, don't know, 
I think Miami has a chance if they can slow their offense down. And that's the only chance I give Miami in this one. And you know what? That's not going to happen. I mean, famous Jameis, whatever you want to call him, the guy, the guy, that kid's on fire. I mean, and when was the last time we've seen, um, you know, a phenom freshman quarterback? Oh, yeah, last year, right? We were all talking about Johnny football and things like that, and we're getting it in again now with, with uh, Winston, so – it's it, it's fun to watch and and I think it's just going to continue. So um, the only thing, the only way is if Miami their defense comes out and they and they just you know get all kinds of pressure on Winston. But I don't see that happening. I, I really don't. I mean, this is look. Miami is known this year for their offense. Okay, and now they're going on the road. Look, Florida State is going to. I think. I think Miami can move the ball a little bit on them. Don't get me wrong, but Florida State's most improved this year on the defensive side of the ball. That's what concerns me. Miami cannot play four quarters of football. Well, I think Florida State can. And I think the difference is it's going to be Winston at home and that defense shutting down Miami. I mean, this is not even going to be close, guys. And uh, Paul Ewing in the chat room said that Baylor played November 7th on Thursday, but Oregon-Stanford game is Thursday, November 7th as well. Maybe it's a doubleheader or something. But, Cuervo, if Florida State goes in and beats Miami, say, 30 points, so they jump Oregon. Since Oregon's not – I don't think Oregon's playing this week. I could be wrong, but I think they're off this week. Do they jump them in the BCS? Um. Well, you know, you're right. To answer your question, Oregon does not play this week. Neither does Alabama. So Florida State is the top team in the country that plays this weekend. Um, but depending on how much Miami or how much they beat Miami by, I, I, I don't think it's going to matter in reality. And, and the reason I say that is because you look at Miami's schedule, the best team that they've played was against uh, – an, an, now they're, they're an unranked Florida team. And they they barely won that football game. So um, the only way that I that Florida State could leapfrog Oregon after this weekend is if they go in there and they beat Miami by thirty. Now that's a very it's a very possible thing. Uh, but again, at the same time, that doesn't guarantee that it's going to happen. But that's the only chance that Florida State has of of uh, taking over that second spot. Well, tell me what you think the point spread is on this game. Um, well, I, I'm going to take a shot in the dark. I really haven't seen it. I haven't really paid too much attention to it. But um, if I had to, if I had to make a spread for myself, I would say probably Florida State by ten. Mm, it's twenty-two. See, I, I, I don't. How is that? I, I guess because Miami just hasn't <laughs> played anybody yet. I mean, my God, Savannah State. South Florida, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, Wake Forest. I mean, that's a hell of a basketball schedule, but this isn't basketball we're talking about. This is this is the game of football. So yeah, um, you're, you're playing I, in the I, prime I guess, time now against against big boys. Now Miami to to be back, they're going to have to play Florida State close. And what this point spread tells me is Miami's not back. They're a fraud right now. And now 
you know, on the message boards on Facebook, you see some of these Miami fans crawling out now that they're winning, but they're going to go back into hibernation once Florida State gets through with them this weekend. I think Jimbo Fisher understands it's very important that since Virginia Tech lost last weekend that they blow people out because they need all the style points they can. Beating a top seven team in the minds of the BCS is going to give them some – I know they don't count margin of victory, but in the pollster's mind, they need to make up some ground. So I think Florida State's going to annihilate them, Cuervo. This is not going to be close. I'm thinking something like 42 to 10 maybe. Something like that, Florida State lays the hammer down on them. It's over under 61 and a half. But, you know, you never know. What if Miami goes in and beats them? Where do you put Miami? What's the chances of Miami, Cuervo? Where, where do they get ranked if they go in and beat Florida State on the road? I would, have, I would think you'd have to put them as a top five team, Tarvin. I mean, you may not agree with it, but, again, you know, these, these, these stupid computers that determine these ranks, they're probably going to put them in the top five. I mean, you think about it, Florida State, Florida State, you know, has beaten, at the time, Maryland was ranked, and they beat them by 63. Clemson was the number three team at the time. They beat them by, you know, 40 points almost. And, you know, if if Miami can beat a team that did that much damage to ranked ACC opponents, then, I mean, I I don't know how how you don't put them in the top five. Yeah, you you have to. But, look, I don't care if they do beat Florida State. They're not a top-five team in the country. What that would tell me is Florida State's a fraud and, and who they played and beat terrible. Clemson, you know, I haven't been sold on them much and the way they beat them. I mean, that surprised me, but still. They, they're beating ACC opponents right now. And I know they're beating them impressive. That's fine. But there's a difference between running up the score on teams to try to get some votes and being good. Florida State's going to show a lot this Saturday night. We'll find out a lot about both of these teams. It's an intriguing matchup, and I know the point spread's 22, but we're going to find out a lot about Florida State more this weekend and Miami, and that's just my opinion. I'm going to be watching it. Um, Been very close well, I attention. Got, I got a question for you, Tarvin. All right. Before we move on real quick, I'm sorry. Let me ask you this. What if this, game was, what if, what if this game was in Miami? What do you think the spread would be then? Um, probably about 15, 16. See, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I would necessarily agree that much with that. I mean, I think it would be, it would probably be 13. I, I, I think what, what it is is just the home field advantage is what I think made the spread so big. You know, that and just the fact that, again, Miami hasn't really been tested this year, so... Um, I, I just think I think that if this game was in Miami, the the spread would be different. Well, hold on, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call. Uh, at least if I have his number here, if I can get to it, I'm gonna call a man that that makes point spreads and does it for a living. I'm gonna try to call him on the show. So you're gonna get a special call here, and Cuervo. Let's see if we can uh, get a hold of this man and let's ask him. I mean, this is putting him on the spot now. But I think that'll be okay, don't you? I mean, if if you guys are cool like that, then yeah, let's do it. Let's see it. Let's see what he says. 
Let's see who's right and who's wrong here. Y'all are probably right and I'm probably wrong. Doesn't seem like they want to answer the phone. No, they're not going to answer, so I'll cancel that out. But, you know, I like to put people on the spot. Is there anybody you'd like to put on the spot tonight? Um, are you, you asking me that question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, anybody you'd like to put on the spot? Uh, nobody I can think of. Okay, well, he said <laughs> Paul, he Paul said they call <laughs> call Miklos. Yeah, either him or, or Sonny. <laughs> uh, Sonny don't. I don't think Sonny would get mad about stuff like that. He did that to me when I was in church one day. Believe it or not, I'm gonna call Miklos real quick and see what he says. I don't know where he's been. I think he lost all of his money, and uh, he's being held up by a bookie somewhere because uh, I haven't heard him ever since he went like 0-15 and, and picking games. So we'll try to call him before we leave the show real quick. Oh, this is my, dog. this like, is my dog's barking. Yeah, like that, that Like that movie 21, Tarvin. Oh, yeah. Hold him in the back. Nobody's home. No, nobody, nobody, nobody's answering tonight. I just don't think they want to be put on the spot. Hold on, let me. Why is the World Series game that intriguing to where nobody's answering their phone? Hold on, I gotta get this dog. For some reason, he will not shut up, and I have no babysitter. Oh boy, Cujo so on the loose. Cujo is pissed. He's like, it's been an hour and a half, and I'm ready to get out and roll the streets. Here he comes. He's out of the cage. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun <laughs> week of football, guys. I think it'll be a good week. I think there's a lot we're going to find out. Maybe Auburn can pull the win off and go 8-1. and one. I'm hoping maybe Tennessee can go on the road and beat Missouri. It's going to be fun. But, guys, thanks for joining me tonight. hope everybody had fun. I know I did. And we wish Trey good. He's having surgery, so I hope he's doing good. So everybody keep him in your prayers. But, Cuervo, thanks for joining me, bud, and you have a great week, okay? Hey, you do the same, Tarvin. Um, we'll be uh, we'll be uh, talking again probably this weekend, hopefully. All right, take care, buddy. Thanks for you joining too. me. In the eyes of a ranger, the unsuspecting stranger. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.